you look at people the way that a bird watcher looks at birds. And I said, yeah, I suppose you could call me a man watcher. You look at people the way that a bird watcher looks at birds. And I said, yeah, I suppose you could call me a man watcher. was wildly ambitious, but I decided to make a complete classification of all human actions, gestures, postures, expressions, all over the world. It was wildly ambitious, but I decided to make a complete classification of all human actions, gestures, postures, expressions, all over the world. You look at people the way that a bird watcher looks at birds, and I said, yeah, I suppose you could call me a man watcher. Suppose you could call me a man watcher. It was wildly ambitious. Everything I thought of and did. And if one is to watch man, one should be wildly ambitious. No, I decided to make a classification of everything in the in the mind and the world and the body. Because I'm a man watcher, baby. I'm a man watcher. I watch men. Very Austin Powers. That was Desmond Morris. This is Natch, episode seventy-four. Whisper in your lover's ear or text the Soundhawk. And or, I would say, text the sound hawk. Oh, whatever floats your boat. One person on this planet gets to text the sound hawk and whisper in his ear. Because uh, the sound hawk has a lover, life partner, if you will. Oh, yeah. I you get, think about that? I get both. Yep, he can take it both ways. 303-548-6877. Mark. Yeah. Did you and your uh, intimate other go to a Sufjan Stevens concert recently? <laughs> Red Twist. Yep, that's a, that's her code name. Code, code name, name Red, Red Twist. Twist. We went with Shaggy Brownie. Code name Shaggy and Brownie. And code name. Oh man, we need a code name for his intimate other. Uh. Mm. That's tricky. Yeah, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't either, and I'm getting uneasy because I hear children. Jesus, already like less than a minute in. I don't know. Maybe they're still they're playing Minecraft. Uh, I bring this up. I want to give you a report on the Sufjan Stevens show because you... I'd love uh, to hear about it. Oh, you... You You invited a, me to this show. Such a non-Sufjan fan. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a unique figure in our collective cultural consciousness. Oh, boy. Let me get you a, let me get you a towelette. Here's the only... The, the main, so, tremendous show. I mean, that. outrageous. Outrageously tremendous? Unexpectedly joyful. I was... Ex- because he put out this album last year about the death of his mother, who'd been estranged from, who left him in a parking lot when he was four. Standard stuff <laughs> in the Midwest. And uh, many people, album of the year, what was it called? It was called... Uh, uh, my Mama? Yep, My Mama. Peace out. <laughs> my Mama. My Mama, peace out. Uh, I thought this was going to be like a tearjerker of a show. Yeah. Dude came out in the day glows, like the electrical tape suits. He had the wings. Check the show doc for the, if you haven't seen him in his wings, where like he, I mean, he just, it was an insane party. He does have some wings. For two, like two hours. A two hour party? It was a two hour party. Mark, were you dancing? He did a few were numbers there. you doing there. the old scoop and dig? <laughs> he did a few numbers there, uh, or I couldn't help myself. You were dancing? <laughs> oh, what did that look like? He did like a 20, 30 minute song. That it was, you, it was reckless abandon. It was unclear what was happening. And it was such a silky groove that you couldn't help he but put, get up and exactly. bend he, your knees a little bit. He put on, there was this silver thing. Oh, that's very sibilant. Pro, leaned back. Yeah, that's a pro. 
Real Pro doesn't talk about it, though. It was this just silver lame, like, gleaming thing. So this is what you stage. wore to this show? He had two, he had two yes, he had two um, women, backup singing and dancing, doing that kind of Beck style, like, just this for two hours. That's Beck style? It's ah, like the robot, like Devo or something. Like, choreo- they, were, they were pretty good. He did yeah. a lot of dancing, too, and he's not very good. Well, you guys probably had something in common, then. Were you closing your eyes while in you were the dancing? 30, in the 30-minute thing, he put on the silver. It turned into this huge balloon suit Yeah. with a giant head. Like, I don't know. And so I called it the Silver Swami. That's just me. And then at the end of the show, there were these balloons hanging around the thing. He put he had on a balloon coat, and he's running around the sta- everywhere. Wow. What a show. Yeah. What a crutch. <laughs> I think he's got the chops. And then... After this dance party was over, yeah, and people were like, "Oh man, I'm floored." He came out and did like, uh, what do you call those? A solo encore, like so- <laughs> an encore, like five or six songs acoustic. Wow! Brought home that singer-songwriter stuff. Did he take off the duct tape emo suit for the for the intimate? There were wardrobe numbers? changes. Oh, I'll bet. Oh man! No, it sounds like a great show. Great show. I really, show. I don't, uh, I don't have anything against Sufjan Stevens. Completely, it was a 180 of what I thought I was going to get. I think maybe at the time and it he when he pulled it off, he worked. I was living in Chicago when I kind of became aware of him, and I remember the scuttlebutt was that he was kind of religious. He's very religious, and I think he now had a, he had a few moments where he was like the he was Red Rocks, right? So he's looking out and like the skies parted, and behind the skies were seven angels, and behind the angels were swords, and behind the swords were and I'm like whoa. I'm glad I didn't go. I don't have a problem with that stuff now. Then I was probably a little prickly to it, so I think I just kind of not like an outward boycott, but just personally, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna I'll listen dare, to those how albums. How do you just, judge him for his faith? I'm not saying it's right. I'm telling you he why. Was abandoned in a parking lot when he was four. All right, yeah, he probably needs that. You know why he does this day glow stuff now? Because you know he was all like, he was just, all sweatery, right? He was all sweatery. Well, he got hit with some weird neurological pain condition. Where, like, he couldn't move for nine months. Like fibromyalgia or something? And he couldn't, yeah, and it took, like, forever to get out of it, and he didn't know how it happened. So when he came out of that, he made this, like, album that was all electronic, and he did this concert series, which was just, like, he just wanted to move! Sounds wonderful. You missed out. I probably did. I'm. Uh, that's my point. I'm sure it was wonderful music. I have no doubt oh, that he's good a, for you. a great musical artist. I just, I... He's a composer. You heard that train going by? That was yeah. the train that I missed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, it's too late to get on now. Go see that show if you're able to. Or go see the new Ghostbusters movie, as I did recently. Did you? With uh, the boys and my wife and my mother-in-law. This is the segment of the show before the food news. Yeah, this is where we just, this is the on-ramp. This is, hey, we, we, we're everyday guys. We do regular guy stuff. foreplay. We go dance with our eyes closed at Sufjan Stevens concerts. A little man-watching. We like we like to man watch, baby, and we like to women watch. In the case of Ghostbusters too. Hey, tell me, was it any good? It was pretty good. Oh, not it, gonna go. Why? Because I said pretty good, not outstanding. Yeah, because the only way I'm gonna go to that movie is if somebody says it's outstanding. Here's what it is: it's really funny. I feel like the original Ghostbusters is a little is a little bit dramatic, especially in in uh, comparison to this. Like, the storyline is pretty important. You haven't. I'm only thinking about you, dude. I'll, the only time I'll bring it up. Oh, God. No, I have listened to that. Seth hates He hadn't seen it ever, and he watched it as an adult and was like, it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. No, that was a good bit. Uh, it's, it, if but you're it, into bits. It's kind of serious, though. 
compared to this one. This one is like way more like sketch comedy silly. Yeah. But if you think those, if you think Kristen Wiig is funny, which I think she's very funny, if you think Kate McKinnon is funny, and I think she's kind of the best person on SNL right now. Okay. Yes, and yes. And Leslie Jones, did you think she's funny? She scares me. She's awesome. She scares me. She's scares a force the of nature. Of and then, uh, oh, what's the other like lady from Bridesmaids? Melissa. Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. I think she's really funny too. Paul McCartney's wife? I think it's McCarthy. Yeah. Anyway, it's a really funny movie. And Chris Helmsworth, the guy who plays. If you want to know about current culture and cinema? Come to us. Come to us. Melissa McCartney. Chris Hemsworth is in it. Is that his name? Helm. Helm? You thinking Helm? Sia was Yoko Ono? Chris, oh, is he in it? He's such a heartthrob. He is. He plays their, their talk about feckless, man watching their feckless personal assistant. And he's really funny too. And I mean, hmm. the special effects are kind of goofy and fun. It's just sort of a fun movie. The kids were laughing. The kids good. like this new one better than the old one. And the reason I attach it to the to in this Google Doc slash Trump is that I watched the RNC as well. Last if you uh, Google Doc, sign up for the newsletter. Just shoot me a text, 303-546-877. Text the sound doc. You're always welcome. But, uh, so, you know, I, I'm sure you know. Tell me how you're I'm doing. I'm sure our listeners know that. Tell me what you're wearing. When the Ghostbusters trailer. Tell me what you want to hear. Was unveiled, it received a bunch of hate. Tell me how much better Josh's voice is than mine. Do you want to participate? Or you just want to have a little pity I'm party over there? I'm listening to you. I'm listening. Are you? Yep. I'm not so sure. I'm here this What week. did I just say about Ghostbusters? If people get to hear... We're, we're debating whether or not to release episode uh, 75, which we pre-recorded last week. Mark was barely awake for it. <laughs> I was almost unconscious. I think at this point we should, as an artifact. I had no capacity in my vocal cords, and I was almost unconscious. Why don't we just record an intro for it where you apologize? Okay. And then we'll release it as an artifact. Okay. Anyway, do you recall the kerfuffle when Ghostbusters, like when the trailer came out, and as they were announcing the project, even before the trailer came out, everyone was up in arms that they were remaking the Ghostbusters with women in the lead roles. Yeah. Like, that was such a big goddamn crisis. Yeah. Right? And then Leslie Jones uh, li- like logged out of Twitter for a while because she was getting mm. like, very ugly threats. I didn't threats. know that. Yeah. These trolls sending her threats. Uh-oh. Talk about threatening No, trolls. we're in the middle of recording. If you want. Shout out, little man. Thank you. Life goes on. Uh, so I just think it's interesting that Hillary accepts the nomination as the first woman oh. nominee in any party, in either party. The same year that Ghostbusters is released with a female cast, and at the same time, I, I called. I said this was the year, the age of the woman, and it, guess who got mad at me? Who? Details. All details got mad at me. What? She said it's always been the age of the woman. I was, you know, first of all couple dudes saying it's the age of the woman's kind of dumb but you know she was like tell, uh, repealing abortion laws i'm like okay there's still problems yeah but you got some momentum here yeah the ghostbusters are women now and they're funnier i'm gonna hear about that that's gonna be in the next details but then here's segment. the other thing you have you have trump who's like sort of the personification of internet trolls the kind of people that were trolling the ghostbusters totally. trailer and trolling its uh cast members on social media totes you know what i did after we recorded last week I don't. Went home and went, went to sleep. Went home, went to sleep. Woke up just in a complete feverish nightmare. Yeah. And watched Trump give his speech. Oh, what a perfect <laughs> mind space to be in for that fear-based, yeah. hate screed, weird, paranoia thing. Oh God, I kind of. It was kind of fun though. It was. I'd fun. forgot. I had. I'd, I've so tuned him out that it was fun to see him deliver a speech where he does like the 
drop a one-liner and then take a few steps back from the microphone and look around and not well, no, he, you know what he does? I mean, Nicole and I figured it out. He keeps going like this. He keeps showing you his profile, and I think it's a subliminal thing. He's saying, I'm going to be on money soon. Mm. I guarantee you that's what it is. It's some sort of tactic to get us used Congratulations, to women. Yes, for Ghostbusters. No, but I think it's interesting that these two things are coming to a head right now, right? Like, I think they're interconnected. I think men... It's only in the rearview mirror that the dots of history... No, I'm connecting the fucking dots right now. You know what they call that? Futurism. Do they? You're a futurist. You think there's something to it, though? Like, Like, seriously, dudes are backlashing about women playing the Ghostbusters? Are they? Have you not been listening to a <laughs> they were. goddamn thing? Are they right now? Leslie Jones was dealing with this shit like oh. just like last week. Oh, I thought that was months ago. A bunch of angry a-hole dudes. That is so weird. Yeah, and then it's we've got the angriest a-hole dude of them all running for president right now. <sighs> yeah, well. So, I don't know. I'm undecided. I'll bet you are. <laughs> I've been watching the convention. I'm, I'm excited about it. Watch Bill Clinton last night. Yeah, oh, he's, he's got my voice. He does. I think you should try and emulate Bill. that. When he's a southern guy, just like you. Oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm trying to just uh, copy him subconsciously. Yeah. yeah, you you could take over the. Bill did a pretty good job. I agree. It was like a triple, not a home run, but a triple. It was a triple. It was just a little too. Michelle was amazing. I didn't see that one yet. <sighs> I heard I heard people were crying. Amazing. Did you? Was it like the Sufjan show? Did you get up and were you swaying from side mm-hmm. to side? Different. Wasn't that good? Okay. Wasn't <laughs> that good? Uh. Man, so, that Sufjan show was, was, was amazing. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I mean, I do like the music. See, I also kind of just don't like... I'm not thrown... I I don't know. Maybe I have the breadth of mind and spirit to know, like, okay, there can be religious imagery in here, but there's something deeper as well. It isn't just like he's proselytizing to me. I mean, come on. No. It's... Uh, I, I think I just don't like... songs. I went and saw... Golden, here, this is just for defense. Golden rod and the 4 dawn. Things like... Golden Rod. Sounds very sexual. Oh, nice song. Great. Okay. Well, I saw uh, Arcade Fire at uh, Red Rocks. You always say Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire. Oh, man. That is not a mispronunciation. I saw them at what Red Rocks. What would this podcast be without your broken synapses? I was covering them for a magazine, I think, and LCD, oh, sound, system, LCD sound System opened, stole the show, Without any stupid bells and whistles, it was just them killing it. Well, this wasn't like needless bells and whistles. Yeah, I think oh, it usually is. No, 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 no. Uh, Arcade Fire was their neon Bible tour. Don't there you were understand? neon Bibles everywhere. There was a bunch of bombast and a bunch of songs that felt like disappointing orgasms. All right. Oh boy, this is a guy who no. who has proven his he's able to do just stand up there and sing songs and captivate an audience. You know that going in. I do. But yet, all of a sudden, he does this other thing, and you're like. And he was very vulnerable because it's not like he's – he was doing these dances and you're like, is this like a guy at a frat party trying to do something? I'm going to stop you there. Mr. Control, this is Chuck Abbott. Because it's time You sure or... I was going to read you my – Oh, no, I knew it was coming. My flash fiction about Arcade Fire when I had dinner with them that was published on Yankee Pot Roast back in the day. Oh, and let's put it in the Google Doc. I can't – every time I try to click on it, computer says I'm going to get a virus. That's so powerful writing. It was good. It was good. I think I read that. It was wild. It was about how f- freaky they were. They were very spastic when they... This, was this back when you were afraid of Animal Collective, though? Because that was a thing, too. <laughs> was I afraid of them? I remember I, I remember I kept trying to get you to listen to me. You're like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> you'd walk into my office and I'd be listening to it. And you'd be like, what is this? 
And then I'd send you that song uh, that you don't have to go to college, that really short one. Oh, yeah. Because I knew you loved college. <laughs> I did like college. I love college even more. So, anyway. Because I went to... Where'd you go? Davis? No, that's Jen. Williams College. Oh, yeah, Williams. This year, top-ranked college in the nation. Even when you bake it inside, Harvard, Stanford, all those. Number Wait, one. Wait, you got a lot of kids getting baked on the inside? Number one. Number one. Williams, huh? Number one. Loser. Fat pig. Whoa. But I, their uptick might have coincided with your graduation you and that? departure. I wanted to, uh, I didn't dig in on that Hillary Clinton Mimi thing. Did you see that? Mimi? Where you could trump yourself. Oh, I heard about that. And there's these pictures of these just, you know, adorable young women. And it's fat pig and a little Donald. Over there. That's pretty good. <laughs> Things that he said about people. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's like, oh, according to Donald, I'll never, he's like, a gay man. I'll never be able to get married. And it's like, you're welcome, Donald. <laughs> oh, my God. Funny. He's, edgy. Yeah, he's an edgy guy. Chuck Abbott, doubleheader. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck's a pro. He brings us the food news. Story one. Soda prices lower than milk in minority neighborhoods. Hit us with a quote, Mark. Sugary drinks such as full-calorie soda are usually cheaper per ounce than milk, says a team of researchers from Drexel University, not the number one university in this country, Mm-mm. that looked at beverage prices in 1,743 supermarkets in 41 states. The difference was most pronounced in neighborhoods with a higher concentration of... You can say it. On people's minds, there's like they're just filling in that blank. Black Muslim. and Hispanic residents... <laughs> didn't say Muslims. On average, milk cost 160% more. And then the article trails off because I didn't pay for it. Well, I mean, that's not surprising. Soda cheaper than milk. I, I brought this up because I wonder, I, for me, that's like, oh, man, terrible. Horrible, sugary, caloric beverage versus nutritious. Eh. You're, you're such an anti-milk guy. That well, you're probably like, probably, I don't care. Yeah, filled with antibiotics. Both of these are dumb. Oh, but no. they're, they serve different oh, no. means. Soda is to quench thirst. We're not even close to Greg's Milk egg. fills you up. It's here. Greg's egg is upon us. <sighs> we'll be back with the second part of Chuck Abbott. After this. Greg's egg is coming to you in three, two, one. Ack, ack. It's me again. Confession. I never got my MBA. Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. Not a good enough student. Too distracted with other cool stuff, but I was lucky enough to pick up a street PhD along the way. Don't get me wrong, baby. Education is cool. You need it. But it's only about 20 to 30 percent of the total package. Instead, 70 to 80% of what you really need to know is learned on the street. For me, this life experience that got me my street PhD was powerful and painful. And you never got a report card, a grade, or a WTF GPA. Instead, you lived to see another day. Yippee! Street PhD teaches how to negotiate, wrangle, and survive. Street PhD builds character, strong intuition, spiny sense, knowing when to open your pores and when to keep them closed. That's another episode. Street PhD means adaptability. You can bend like a young branch instead of being immovable like an old tree. Namaste mofo. Street PhD teaches us how to make the best of a weird, bad, or dangerous situation. 
Street PhD increases recall, helping you to vividly remember that previous elbow-deep probing you got and how to avoid it next time. Street PhD means you've got a high level of clever instead of a high level of strength. And Street PhD means you don't do crazy shit like bet on WrestleMania. Street PhD. Sorry. No sheepskin, no cap and gown, no making your parents proud at the graduation ceremony. Instead, your PhD intimately connects you within your industry. You have eyes, ears, and wisdom to tap into all over the neighborhood, and some may say that's what success is all about. Sheepskin? So you talking about condoms? I thought it was going condoms. Then spiny sense? I think he might have meant spidey sense. I think spidey. Like a Stan Lee. He was too busy sense. trying to hit that lick. I like that monster riff at the beginning. Sounded like eighty, like old Van Halen. I loved the beginning, yeah. I like and the I got thing. my problem is, so I think I got the point here. But you don't have, have to, to go to college. I might have to quibble with him, but <laughs> I mean, leave it to Greg, right? There's always one moment in there, at least, that I I forget everything he said. Because I'm so traumatized by the elbow deep. What did he? Elbow deep probing. I probing. Think. Yeah, you're picturing a Sufjan's arm all the way up oh. your ass. Well, I wasn't. Or maybe Trump's angry finger all the way up to the elbow. Man watching. You're man watching, baby. I'm a man watcher. So anyway. Well, I mean, I think Greg's right. But I don't know about that 20 to 30 because, you know, since I went to a good school, I'm going to up that. I'm going to go See, 50. I'm going to go 50 50. See, Greg's Greg's more my people, isn't he? Sounds street, like it. Street smarts. Yeah, you're the street PhD. I got a street PhD. I'm the book PhD. Hard earned street PhD. Mm. What do you mean? You think you know me? Doing shrooms Rush. in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I don't. Thanks, Greg. Four G. That's a wonderful egg. Man, we're gonna have to compile. I bet you he's gonna compile them, right? We can compile them for you, Greg, and do a whole greatest hits reel. I don't know, something, yeah. A whole nest of Greg's eggs, if you will. <laughs> I will. Chuck Abbott Part 2, Seed Startup Closes. Did we wrap up milk and soda in a bow? Yeah, milk's gross. Uh, no, actually we didn't, because I, I think comparing them you is know like... You what? Sugar... Oh, go ahead. It's not like you're going to go to the store thirsty and buy milk in the first place, because it doesn't quench your thirst... You're not going to go to the store and be like, oh, the milk's too much. I'll buy soda instead. You go to the store to buy soda or you go to the store to buy milk. I don't do think people you... go to the store to buy soda or do they go to a gas station to buy soda soda? I guess buy they go to the soda store. anywhere. Yeah. Soda's everywhere. I'm saying if, you, if you're a soda drinker, it's not like the high price of milk is driving you to drink more soda. You know? And soda's garbage. It should be cheaper than milk. <laughs> no. Soda's garbage. And actually milk's... Ruining our public health, and it should be taxed. Maybe it should be cheap to make. Then we should tax the hell out of it. And pay for free podcast lessons. There you go. Uh, but yeah, milk's gross too. Do you, I don't know about that. You drink milk? You know you know one of the hottest beverages in the sport, on the sports scene? A recovery beverage? Chocolate milk. Just straight up regular... Straight up chocolate milk after you've... Seshed? Seshed. I'll bet you there's some skaters out there. Drinking milk? Drinking chocolate milk after a nice set. <sighs> yeah, maybe some eight-year-old skaters. Nope, you're wrong about that. Fucking adults drinking chocolate milk. Grow up. It's a recovery beverage. 
Yeah, well, recover your fucking sanity and grow the fuck up. Look at you, Mr. Desmond Harris. Or Desmond Morris, Man Watcher, baby. We'll get back to Man Watcher. All right, Seed Startup closes 100 million funding to tackle water scarcity. This is another Chuck. Yeah, Chuck Abbott. (laughs) Seed Startup Indigo said that it closed $100 million. Series C Investment, the largest private equity financing in the agriculture technology sector. Indigo first came onto the map in February when it unveiled cotton seeds laced in probiotics. Nice. That conserve water and help replenish the soil. With more funding, the company plans to expand research and launch its first line of probiotic wheat seeds. Huh. This kind of meshes well with the story you presented last week about how uh, investors... I don't think I was conscious last week. What was that one? Oh, like uh, startup investors, they're, they're not sinking money into uh, oh, sustainable yeah. farms. And this just kind of proves that. This gets a little closer to the farming. It m- could make farming more sustainable if it's conditioning the soil, but it's really just a food tech thing. But it's seeds. That's something you can make money at. Right. Just and, ask and, Monsanto. And not listed in this quote, but mentioned in the article, is their, their business model is like, I think they give them to you free, and whatever incremental yield you get... Uh, using their seeds, they take a third of the money. So you, they only make money if you succeed using their seeds. Huh. Look at that. Money where their mouth is. Hell of a business model. So here's, this is that, here it is, the Venn diagram overlap, all that, na- yeah. Denver loves it. Yep. <laughs> uh, natural and Honk food if you tech. love the probiotic seeds. You love this, right? Oh, put some probiotics back in the soil. Replenish it. Regenerative ag. Mm. I'm into that. Mm. That's, but that's high tech. That is high tech. That is not Mother Nature just picking dandelion seeds in the alley and brewing up some beer. Tea. Wine. Anything. Emetic. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh, look, some squirrels fighting in the tree. You know, when I woke up from my feverish Trump dream. Yeah? Let the dog out. Because I was alone. Family was gone. Dog raced to a tree like that. Was barking at it vociferously, two baby raccoons up in the tree. Oh, so you got raccoons in your tree. Yeah. There's probably a nest up there. No, they were just in the tree. Well, the tree, this is a the hollow tree where they could actually like live in the hole if they wanted to. Then they probably are. Good! Alright. Good until someone gets rabies. <laughs> Alright, I already got it. From man-watching? Man-watcher? The time. It's time for the Natch time to Book watch Club. Men. Time for Natch Book Club, uh, Naked Ape, the controversial classic of man's origins by Desmond Morris, zoologist and surrealist painter. This week, we're discussing Chapter One: Origins. Origins, Mark. I read it. Yeah. All of it. What do you think? I know what I think. I want to know what you think, Mark. Well, I'm going to do what I did before. I'm going to give you some just glancing highlights, and then we'll. Get smart about it. Let me just go through here. I made little notes. In a library book, huh? Tiny little dot. Uh, what happened to the early apes? We know that the climate began to work against them. Mm. And that, by a point somewhere around 15 million years ago, their forest strongholds had become seriously reduced in size. They were forced to do one of two things. Cling on to what was left of their old forest homes, or in an almost biblical sense, they had to face expulsion from the garden. Rings true yet again, doesn't it? Yes, Sufjan. 
We may have to adapt yet again. Hmm. I just like this turn of phrase. So the hunting ape became a territorial ape. His whole sexual, parental, and social pattern began to be affected. His old, wandering, fruit-plucking way of life was fading rapidly. That's right. So while he can't really pinpoint what the event was, something sent a certain number of tree-dwelling apes out into the world. Lazy, uh, sedentary apes just grabbing fruit when they needed it. Yep. Who had to... I thought he... Yeah, that happened. Well, he goes... And we lost all our hair. Those are the takeaways from this chapter. Eh, Well, no, it's not that. It's that we also develop the abilities to hunt like carnivores. That's kind of the bigger piece. There's this sort of, here are the traits that make carnivores successful. Leopards, cheetahs, hyenas, etc. Here's the traits that make tree-dwelling primates successful. We ended up in this weird... Did we take traits of both? Well, I think we had to adopt habits and traits of, uh, of carnivores, yeah, because we had to learn how to hunt. Oh, yeah, we learned how to eat meat, right. But Go. rather than developing, like, evolving into, like, this weird ape-carnivore hybrid with, like, shark claws and fangs and a snout, instead it went a different way. We learned to use tools and hunt with tools, and our brains got bigger. Big brains. Yeah. But like uh, carnivores, we had to kind of hunt in packs instead of moving around in these lazy little troops. So that's pretty interesting, right? And we're shitting in our beds a lot. Well, that's the thing, too. He talks about, uh, you know, for a veg, like a, a fruit-eating ape, their shit isn't, like, as messy and gross as a meat-eater's shit, which is why carnivores, like wolves and stuff, will go bury their shit, like, well away from where they live. And if, if their offspring shit in the nest, they eat it right away. They don't want it clogging up, making a mess, attracting parasites. So, please, um, Please what? I said fleas. Yeah, please. Uh, <coughs> so I don't know what the point was there. Whereas, well, one of the th- one of the points he makes is that part of our evolutionary trajectory is is a what neo neotony. Neotony, yes. We, we reversed. Well, no, it just takes us longer. to Oh, you're develop. infantile. You're right. infantile. Longer. Things that happen as a, you sort of latch onto them and hold them longer. But, the, uh, and so. Uh, uh, if we accept the history of our evolution as it has been outlined here, then one fact stands out clearly, namely that we have arisen essentially as primate predators. Amongst existing monkeys and apes, this makes us unique, but major conversions of this kind are not unknown in other groups. The giant panda, for instance, mm-hmm. is a perfect case of the reverse process. Whereas we are vegetarians turned carnivores, the panda is a carnivore turned vegetarian. Hope for us yet. Faced with a new environment, our ancestors encountered a bleak prospect. They had to become either better killers than their old-time carnivores, or than the old-time carnivores, or better grazers than the old-time herbivores. Interesting, right? We know today that in a sense, (laughs) success has been won on both scores, but agriculture is only a few thousand years Uh, old, and we are dealing in millions of years. Whoa. Look at that. Uh, I liked this, too. African hunting dogs, for instance, are known to regurgitate food to one another after a hunt is over. The carnivore will... Was it like a wolf will eat like 30% of its body weight at one time? Yeah. It was equivalent of us eating a 40-pound steak? Yeah. Whoa! And I think that's... Uh, so I think they, that's going to give you a little indigestion. Yeah, but the tree-dwelling apes just eat fruit nonstop all day. Well, uh, that's why... I got two quotes here. One, African hunting dogs... They regurgitate. In some cases, they have done this to such an extent that they have been referred to as having a communal stomach. 
Mm-hmm. That is freaky, dude. It's, it's Mother Nature, Will buddy. we ever do that? Probably not. <laughs> and then the second, feeding is spread out through much of the day, as you said, for the whatever. Not the hunting ape, the pre-hunting ape, mm-hmm. the tree-dwelling ape. Instead of great gorging feasts, followed by long fasts, the monkeys and apes keep on and on munching, a life of non-stop snacks. Also interesting. It's like us. Non-stop snacking. Snacking. That's, Snackification. That's the Natch method right there. Cultural equivalent. Uh, he also spends a lot of time kind of theorizing on why we might have shed our hair, like why mm. we are naked apes. Uh, he spends a lot of time on that. But the most, I think the most interesting one uh, idea that he puts forth is that we might have been aquatic apes for a while. I did like that. Like swimming around in the water, hunting in the water, and that might be <clears throat> how we developed such amazing dexterity with our fingertips was like having to claw for food in the water. And it explains, like, we only have hair on the top of our heads because that was the part that was still exposed to the sun. And, he and we says, got vertical because we would wade into the water deeper and deeper. Yeah, that's right. And he also, I think, says that even the way our hair grows on our body suggests that we were hydrodynamic. If, if I may. You may. Um, that's called, uh, yes. That's called yes. Uh, the fetal coat that, that every human embryo, fetus, I guess that's why it's called a fetal coat, uh, has until they shed it right before birth. It's known as the lanugo, uh, and is not shed until just before birth. Premature babies sometimes enter the world still still wearing their lanugo, much to the horror of their parents. Mm-hmm. But except in very rare, ca- rare cases, it soon drops away. There are no more than about 30 recorded instances <laughs> of families producing offspring that grow up to be fully furred adults. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. All right, but that's, I think if you that's step, not something you see coming as a parent. <laughs> if you step back, I think what's most interesting about this chapter is that uh, that's my notes. Is that we have become yes this hunting ape. That was a good setup. He's a not good giving. Setup. Well, I think what he's going to get. Can you work for it, Mark? Well, what I want to know is like, I want to get to that tension where it's like, okay, here's our evolutionary predisposition and why it's so fraught with conflict in our modern condition. That's right. But our, some our brains as computers can't keep up with our, are, are too fast for our. Well, our brains are our, still animal brains. Our poor too, genes though. that still think we might venture into the water. And well, he makes that point that a lot of our cultural advances, they've completely outpaced our able to, uh, you know, advance genetically. Like our, our we can't change I our DNA. I think that point will be made again, won't it? Oh, I think he's going to come back to that point. Because next week, are we getting right into sex? Oh wait a minute, we're not. No, so this will be episode... 74. So episode 77. 77. We'll hop back into the book club with the chapter on sex. Ooh, 53 pages on sex, moving right into rearing. And as a special treat to listeners, this is still kind of in the spitball stage, but uh, Desmond Morris has another book called Intimate Behavior, I believe. Oh, boy. Mark, I think, is going to take it on vacation with him and read it to Red Twist. You know. (laughs) In the evening time, as they drink wine, and hey, you're not, you're what? not, you still have another vasectomy, so there could be a third. Unbelievable! Ah! Ooh, there could be a third little carnivore entering entering uh, the clan. Nope, we're going vegan. I'm ready to bring you the real news. Oh wait, do you have a like a food tech? Double? I got a food tech double header, and yes, I just said food tech. Well, somewhere in here, whoa. I've right a, there. I've got a food tech. I just too. said food tech. Mm, I'm going to need your weight and say it again. 
Say it right now. Food tech. Double header. All right, you're gonna like play that twice. Is it a double header? Yes. Let's see if this. I'll wait. Double header. Itza, a futuristic rest. A futuris- futuristic restaurant where robot cubbies serve quinoa. Listen to that sentence. <laughs> that's a some sentence right there. That's not a sentence, but it's insane. Itza. Uh, this is uh, Josh. Oh God, Josh Constein. Boy, get a load of him. TechCrunch. What do you mean, get a load of him? Is there a picture? Get a load of him. Itza has no lines because it has no cashiers. You order on an iPad. Your name comes up on a transparent LCD screen box, and you pull out a bowl of quinoa. Opening today in San Francisco at 121. It's a new restaurant. Well, maybe San Francisco listeners want to know. Opening today in San Francisco at 121 Spear Street. Itza is a new restaurant designed around technology. Duh. So if you watch the video on this inside the story... It's, it's, there's no humans. Hmm. You walk in and it's like, uh, it's, it's a futuristic vibe and there's these stations, all these little iPads set up. You would just walk up to one, swipe your card, pick your quinoa bowl, customize it as you see fit, and then your name goes up on a screen. And then you look and when you, when it changes color, you go to one of the, con- these little, uh, robo boxes, docking bays. Ooh, do which are kind of dry docking. <laughs> you lift it up, and there's your food and drink. And you take it, and you, I guess you could eat it there, or you could take it back to your office. So if you want to eat in a sci-fi nightmare, dystopian yep. shithole, go to Itza. Okay. If you're ready to just <laughs> give up on humanity, Itza. It is. It's supposed to be quick. You know, people can make food pretty quickly, Except too. for, I guess it's not as quick as delivery, but it's like... Although I wonder if the instances of foodborne illness might be lower at Itza. They don't have as much filthy ape fingers touching uh-huh. the food, huh? Eventually, Itza hopes its combination of tech and quinoa... <laughs> will rule a, the world! This is a limited menu. Um, so it's all quinoa. All quinoa. Wow. It's, it's, so that's, it's got this soylent vibe of being like a perfect protein food. <sighs> I mean, this, they have little salads with corn and... And quinoa. Uh, that this, uh, this combination can change the way we eat. Somebody told me he imagines Itza restaurants built into shipping containers and dropped into neighborhoods with no sources of healthy food. Hmm. Kind of like that. Or how about war zones or something? We could... How about mobile podcasting units? $5 a gallon for milk. What, what's with the shipping container? You can draw, You can draw, airdrop it with a bunch of parachutes stuck on it. Oh. I guess. I don't I'm know. I'm just thinking of like a dock in New Jersey... You're and these shipping containers come off the boat, but I can still get my quinoa in them? You're just thinking of dry docking in New Jersey. On the shore. <clears throat> I get it. Okay? I get it. I'm done with my dry docking jokes. Part Move two, on. Food Tech. World's first 3D printing restaurant to open in London July 25th, says Karen Graham, digitaljournal.com. <laughs> Something in the air. A new kind of pop-up restaurant is opening in... I think my voice is getting stronger think so too it's opening in london on july 25th and i'm excited because it's future tech you love tech 3d printed selections of food items and it's sure to turn some heads called food inc it will be the only place in town where you can have your cake and print it too shut up i see what they did there 
Food will be served using portable 3D printers operated by a team of gourmet chefs utilizing their own original recipes. I'm sure there'll be some quinoa. Guests will discover that all the furniture, lamps, and even the utensils are 3D printed, especially for the occasion. What do you mean? The occasion being that night of dining, they reprint everything every night? Is that what I'm led to believe here? That's a awful big waste of resources. The original foodstuffs are created layer by layer. Mmm, sounds good. Sure does. The 3D printed foods will be accompanied by side dishes and garnishes made the old-fashioned way. The okay. world might not be ready for a 3D printed tossed salad yet. Is that a prison reference? Speak for yourself, Karen. Yeah, I'm ready for that 3D printed tossed salad. I like mine with jelly. Uh, great. It's a Chris Rock callback. Come on. I don't get it. Jelly. Yeah. You can look it up later. It'll be a way homer for you. I like mine tossed with jelly. He's like, personally, I like mine tossed with a little bit of jelly. <laughs> what the f- it's like from a scary like, little bit about a scared straight program. Jelly. Do you know what a tossed salad is? Yes. Okay. Well, why jelly? Well, so you don't have to taste butthole. Oh, a taste thing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. This is a food podcast after all. I mean, it could. that's what I'm getting at. It could have been Sir Kensington's Fabanese chickpea chipotle mayonnaise could have been greg's sheepskin condom Oof. keeping things safe ish it's not gonna change your taste profile positively no i guess not well so those are both you don't like them dystopian well the second one's a little more artistic i suppose and at least there's people making garnish (laughs) that saves it for you a little garnish doesn't save it a little parsley on the side Lifts it up a little bit out of the mire. All right, we only got one left, so... Actually, we have two left. Oh. This one's quick, though. Walmart, America's largest grocer, is now selling ugly fruits and vegetables. Maria Godoy, NPR. Starting this week, America's largest grocer says it is piloting sales of its weather-dented apples at discount in 300 of its stores in Florida. If this were one of those Hollywood movies where the mousy girl gets a dramatic makeover, this would probably be the scene where she gets asked to the prom, minus the sexist subtext. What the hell was that sentence? Easy Icarus. I love throwing those in there. <coughs> Didn't what need the? that. Didn't need that. No. Terrible. Anyway, imperfect produce often ends up in landfills. Uglies. Uglies are beautiful. food waste, which in turn is a major source of greenhouse gas yeah, emissions. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. We so know this. should be eating ugly fruit. Vegetables, it's really nice that Walmart's on board. Big deal, though. Walmart. That's probably a lot of uglies could go through that system. Are you talking about Walmart shoppers? You calling them uglies? That's very derogatory, Mark. I don't like where your mind goes. And at a discount. How so much of a discount? Di- no, it doesn't say. What, what's a, what, what would you pay for a, a known ugly weather-dented apple sitting uh, next to a perfect apple? I want a 5% discount. Interesting. That's not very much I'm at in all. It for, I'm in it for the uglies. I don't care about saving the money. I want the uglies. As long as you got a little jelly. Over the world. As long as I got a little jelly. So, I mean, this is good news, I I'll bet you they're doing it for like 20, 30% off. That's my guess. That's the Kingmaker's estimate. Mm-hmm. I suppose I could open the article and look. Oh, was it in there? Yeah, I just didn't feel like copying a bunch of stats out of this thing. I'll just look for that. You look for that. Uh, but the ugly movement's been gaining steam, right? There's a very popular Instagram I'd say. account. What are they called? Uglies? I don't. I don't know. Oh, then we follow them, don't we? Jeez. Oh, I don't know. Hey, you know where I did read though, where where uglies are also being put to use. 
uh, cold pressed juice. Oh, well, that makes sense because yeah, and they are actually a big culprit for food waste as well because they are throwing away ass loads of organic material. So I don't know about your ugly. Well, I could find it in this. Uh, I've started following some good accounts on uh, Instagarten. Ina Garten, the barefoot contessa, so the mocking. It's not that actually what she does with this isn't that good. Um, Sorry, what? Instagram account that I'm following for oh, us. Good job. Athener followed us. That's that fancy uh, civet poop coffee. coffee. It's also like. But it's biotech food. Biotech food tech. <coughs> Interesting account here. Tart drink. Hmm? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? I thought you were opening the article to get stacked. I did, but I got sidetracked because Tart Drink, Tart, do not follow us. Oh, I saw that. Following one, what are they following? Dirty Lemon. Whoa, you go to Dirty Lemon. Following one, who are they following? Tart Drink. It's some old social strategy going on here. It's another product about to be unveiled in some wild and wacky new way. I don't know, Dirty, Dirty, Dirty. Dirty Lemon's only following one account? They dropped all their followers. Well, just if you're going to follow one person on Instagram, you follow Natch. Yeah, real, at Real Natch. Here you go. You want a social strategy, Dirty Lemon. You pick, you keep your tart, and you add one more. Real at Natch. Real Natch. Gets a gold mine. Fuck yeah. It, so you'd much be TLC like an insider in the know. Like, oh yeah, we know about these guys. Yeah. Hey, you could be an early adopter. <sighs> ah, I hope they... Yeah, sure. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Add ugly fruit and veg. Gotcha. I'm looking for the discount. I'm looking for the discount. That's in the article, not on Instagram. I'm in the article. Mm. Oh, you're having a little respiratory malaise as well, aren't you? I got a little bit of a cold. My young son, I think, brought it home from theater camp. How about Uh, 20... Oh, no. That's not... Is it in here? I don't know. No one cares. (sighs) Okay. How about this? How to live to be a hundred plus? This is a TED talk by Do Dan. Do I want to live to be a hundred plus? Butner, if you live in one of the blue zones that he researched, you might want to. So you know, I've been uh, moonlighting as a marketing director for TEDx Mile High, Mark. So I make it my business to watch a few TED talks. Oh God! This one was good though. This guy uh, studied. He had a team. I think he was working. I with can't watch him anymore. It's National too much. Geographic. <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. the TED phenom is. is Burned a hole in my brain, and it it's not stings. part of your genome. Uh, so he studied longevity of people in blue zones, which are like some you know they found some spots around the world where people live long. I don't know about blue zones and old healthy damn. lives, I'm sure you do. Old news. So here's here were some of the commonalities, though. You know, mostly plant based diet, not a big surprise. Wine, drinking some wine. Uh, wait a minute, you didn't say this. What? In fact, Walmart has been testing sales of Ugly since late April when it started marketing Spuglies. Oh, yeah, the ugly potatoes? Yeah, that's fun. I just wasn't that jazzed on that article. I don't know why. Yeah. You gave me a boring one. <laughs> I see Walmart. I tune out a little. It's not in here. I've looked at the whole article. Now you've got my you full attention. You did not just read the whole article. I glanced at the whole thing. You're an expert glancer. I'm Kingmakers I'm need ready. to be able to glance. I'm listening to you. So here's some of the commonalities. Commonalities in of, these of blue longevity. Zone populations. Longevity. Got, Let me guess. Bulletproof coffee. No, you got a plant, uh, mostly a plant, plant-based diet. Soylent. No, mostly a plant-based diet. You're drinking some wine. Pooping in your bed. Your work and daily life are exercise. You don't really, they don't have exercise regimes. They don't work out the way we do. They usually just do things like they are very mobile, active populations. Mm. So 
you know. So they're probably not living in cities and sitting at desks. No, they're gardening. They're making furniture and shit. <clears throat> really? In fact, a lot of them had gardens. That was another commonality. Oh, so wait, a blue zone doesn't have to be like Aborigines. No, just has, it's a blue zone was just oh. concentrations like populations where people lived long, healthy lives. So like the Bavarian village. Where my grams lives? Yeah. Nah, no. Not that developed. It's a very Western in most So they're not Western. Well, there was one in... I'm looking for a sample of a blue zone. Okinawa. Chain of 161 islands. Okay. Off the coast of Japan. Okay, okay. In Okinawa, the the people live long, disease-free lives. They usually die in their sleep, often after doing some fucking boning. (laughs) What? They're sexually active up until their hundreds. Oh, man. How hot is that? I don't know if it's hot. Oh, it's hot. And they have a name. They have a word. Ikigai. And it's a word for, if someone asks you what your ikigai is, they're asking you, like, what is it that you wake up in the morning to do? What is, mm. what is your purpose in life? You need that Shit. ikigai. What is it? Podcasting. Oh, it's this. Strategy? For you, it's strategy. No, it's uh, he not. wake up every morning like, how can I put this big brain to work? Oh, God. This big Look brain this and this deceptively small head. You son of a bitch. Old folk have highest social equity benefiting youngest generations. Affection. You skipped over that one. Well, it's because you were yammering about needing a, an example of a population, so I skipped to Okinawa. I'm going to go back to that. Getting testy. That was another commonality. What's wrong with you? What's Is up? Are you okay? I'm perfectly fine. You're always on edge when the kids are in there, aren't you? Get a little edgy. So do you. Well, no, I don't have to do all the stuff you're doing. That's true. Check the levels. Listen for the kids. Yeah. It's just a tiny bit distracted, I can tell. Cause I'm like a, it's like two finely tuned... Tuning forks? Tuning forks. <laughs> uh, is that cicadas? Yeah, it's that's, gl- glorious. It's wonderful soundscape here. So also in these populations, a lot of times the older people have high social equity, meaning that they're revered and not stuffed away into hospice care or retirement communities. Like... Mm. They're an active part of raising the the youngest generations too, so that those younger generations that information is passed directly to them mm. through you know intimate it's contact. Is that Sufjan again? That's Lion King, buddy. Oh. Another example of the, of these populations was uh, there's some Seventh Day Adventists in California. You know what a big part of their uh, health strategy was? It's not really a strategy, but one of the things that they do that he thinks contributes to their longevity. <laughs> Every week they take a, a nice long nature walk. Oh, Shininyoku. Yeah. Ooh, excellent pull. Forest bathing, Mark. That's huge. Another big thing? We should do that. Is your circle of intimates? What's the circle of intimates? Your friends, your family. Under, is that my underwear drawer? The people no, you listen. spend the most time with, they affect your health. Oh. Because you adopt each other's habits. Okay. And lifestyles. So if you have like... I'm bringing down the... Average inside the brush household, then. With your phantom respiratory illness? Now, listen. I think once these kids go back to school, we're going to have to grab the road. We're going to record and do some nature walks. We live in a... Go on a hike? Yeah. Okay. That's a great idea, Mark. Uh, Thank you. We'll forest bathe while we podcast. And you'll hear it in our voices, in our tone. Yep. In our LDL. Yeah, I won't be all wound up. I love this noise. What? Oh, <laughs> it's getting very glitchy, though. I'm, I'm getting a little freaked out. Uh, so there's one more. 
one more secret to longevity, and that is Man beans. Watching. Beans. Beans. Protein. Pulses. Fiber. And they are great primer for your gut uh, biota. Your flora. Prebiotic? Probiotic? Uh, good for your gut. <laughs> so there you go. Beans. So they all eat a lot of beans. Yep, so drink. How do they eat their beans? With their fucking mouths. I was more thinking of a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. They probably start with dry beans and soak <laughs> them overnight. Fucking. <laughs> oh, you're so glad to be over, aren't you? You're like, oh, I made it. Hey, this is, it's always, you're right, it is a little stressful with the kids inside. And also then there's the, the twang of guilt. Like they've been playing Minecraft for a really long time. They should be outside enjoying the cicadas and the sunshine. Oh, well, they could do that while we uh, post-prod it. Up to the up to the elbow, yep. Up to the elbow. The old up to the elbow post prod, right? Four G. Natchcast seventy four. Whisper in your lover's ear. You guys are the best. Jenny, I'm talking to you. Whisper in your lover's ear and text the sound knock. Blow his mind, baby. What's that number again? Three oh three five four eight six eight seven seven. I bet it's already saved in your phone, Red Twist. Yeah. So just <laughs> lean over. You know, at at a uh, ten fifty in the morning as Mark's just starting to wake up. <clears throat> Like looking for my ikingoru, my just natch, ikigai, just natch in his ear, ikigai, natch. Do that, ikigai. And then you go back into the kitchen and do all the work of running the household while he's still kind of rousing himself out of bed. And then you send him a text, you say, "Get the fuck up and get to your ikigai, motherfucker." What do you think of that? It hurts my feelings. What? You're a diva. <laughs> You gotta own it. If you're gonna be a diva, you just own it. You don't get your feelings hurt when people point out that you're being a diva. Yeah, baby. You're a man watcher, baby. Man watcher. I was wildly ambitious, but I decided to make a complete classification of all human actions, gestures, postures, expressions, all over the world. I was wildly ambitious, but I decided to make a complete classification of all human actions, gestures, postures, expressions, all over the world. You look at people the way that a bird watcher looks at birds. And I said, yeah, I suppose you could call me a man watcher. You look at people the way that a bird watcher looks at birds. And I said, yeah, I suppose you could call me a man watcher. I was wildly ambitious, but I decided to make a complete classification of all human actions, gestures, postures, expressions, all over the world. I was wildly ambitious, but I decided to make a complete classification of all human actions, gestures, postures, expressions, all over the world.